Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Returning Home. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Wednesday, September 28th in the year 2022. East Coast, because this is a late broadcast for Bards FM, you've already hit... Thursday, but I'm happy to say I've arrived home. This has been six weeks on the road, and I just got in a little bit ago, had some dinner, and here we are. So before we begin, Patriots, this is very treacherous times, and there's basically three things everyone needs to be focused on, actually four, obviously, good sleep, prepared foods, protecting your income, and keeping up your defense. So let's start with I target, which is one of those that's critical to maintaining your skills to protect your home and your family. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. So that's iTarget Pro, and you're going <clears> to <throat> itargetpro.com, and you're going to use your promo code in BARDS, B A R D S. So it's good. So that's it. That's one of those great, great t- tools to help build your defense. So I've had this six weeks on the road, and I've been kind of keeping you up to date as we go along. And the last leg here, once I left Springfield, was a lot of time to myself and with Jesus. That's basically the focus between a lot of meetings on the ground, but a lot of time. And it was well worth the time. Today on the way back, there's a pastor that I've been wanting to see for some time, Pastor Dave. He's at Yuba City at the Good Tidings Church. And I had a chance to see a, a model of a church, what I consider to be right now, what they're doing in the community is probably one of the best in the nation. And it was really amazing to see the efforts they're doing there at that church. They are, they have a, um, the normal ministry area is actually two of them. They have a, outside of that, they have a podcasting and video center where they also train people. They have a, uh, halfway house for people coming out of prison that they select. They have a 
a drug recovery program for addictions. And then they have some additional addiction programs where people can live there and be there and get counseling and support. They have a K through 12 school that's now expanding. They have 40 acres on this facility. And, and all of this I'm telling you about constitutes about maybe, maybe 10 acres. There's another 30, which we'll talk about in a second. They have a performance hall. And they've put on already over 20 plays, all centered on faith, biblical stories, and Jesus. And some of the casts have up to 140 people in them. They have their own cafe, so people can come in rather than going to Starbucks or anywhere else, and they can go there. They have a warehouse, which is used to distribute food to ministries anywhere in the world that need food support and to help other small organizations. They have an active homeless feed program to feed the homeless. I was, when I came in today, they were preparing the food for today's round. And then they've got this 30 acres that they're building out right now to put on greenhouses. They already have a, about roughly at least five acres or more of peach orchard. They're adding uh, hogs, pigs. They're adding chickens. And they're adding goats to that, plus a meat processing plant, small scale. And they're adding a full food processing plant, which is going to include freeze-drying and vacuum sealing and canning goods available. All of this to feed the community. And they also have a new medical facility that they're building right now, which is including talents from people like Carrie Madej and Dr. Lee Merritt with a prayer section in it dedicated to it. So when you come in and they, they then begin to pray for you, a prayer team is dedicated to praying for you while you're there. And they're using all advanced alternative methods, including hyperbaric chamber. Um, they're using scalar technologies. They're using all sorts of amazing techniques, that stuff that Carrie Madej and, and um, Dr. Lee Merritt have been pioneering or getting resurrected and some pioneering. All of this on a 40-acre facility, and they have an additional 300 acres that somebody's given to them, which they're starting to raise food and, and more. That's what I consider right there the epitome of a, a fantastic community church. And they're starting a program in January, which is going to start teaching self-reliance and sovereignty. So this is really amazing stuff. And they run two, they have a Saturday night congregation that comes and they have a Sunday morning congregation and then they have a satellite group of 50 or 100. It's about 30 miles away that Pastor Dave goes to every Sunday night. And then they just, and it's just an active place. I just couldn't believe how many people were active when I was there working, engaged, just doing some really amazing stuff. So I, I had planned one hour today on the way back, and it ended up being three and a half. So it's one of the reasons the show was delayed tonight. But well worth every moment of it. And as God works, it's like Pastor David and I knew, acted like, we felt like we'd known each other forever. And we just, this is the first time we actually converse, had a conversation other than a couple quick texts. And just awesome. Plus, they, his office is, he's got lever action rifles and he's got 
skins from some of the animals he's put down. And it's, it's my type of office. It's pretty cool. So that was a pretty awesome meeting. And really what is important is to see that we start to see examples of this, of how good churches are operating. And this is probably the pinnacle of what I've seen on this trip. They're seeing the shortages coming and they're taking action to make sure that they're going to be an asset in the community and be that draw for people. As, as Pastor Dave said, we want to be that light so that when people that are still working within the, the fallen or beast system, they see what we're doing and they're going to reach over and say, we want some of that. And then we'll be able to bring them in and minister to them and start to get them empowered. It's, it's really good stuff. And that's going to lead to a lot of other things. I, I had mentioned to some people that I was going to be speaking in Reading next week at a church. I was mistaken. That was all screwed up communications. I'm Next week, I'm going back to Yuba City to this church, uh, Glad Tidings Church with Pastor Dave. And then I'm spending, they've asked me to come down and spend three days with their men's program and then um, talk to the congregation on Saturday and Sunday and Sunday night. So I'm going to be going back down there next Wednesday night and I'll be there all weekend. But just some really good stuff. And I say this because we need to know that there's great things happening in, in the kingdom. I mean, this is... This is a, a church is getting their hands dirty, literally sowing seeds. And that's so important. And really getting into the physical aspects of the hard work that it takes to get ourselves under a God system. I and mean, he and I talked about that a lot. I mean, this really has, you know, they're sitting in Kami, California, in the northern end of it. They've had the governor, Gavin Newsom, on a couple of occasions directly write them cease and desist orders for the rallies that they've had in favor of pro-America, pro-Constitution, etc. And the, the, rather than the church take, you know, sit back and shake and shiver, they go on the offensive. So on one occasion, they had a rally and they knew Antifa and BLM were coming in. And the governor's office said they were going to send in their goons to shut them down and arrest them. So Pastor Dave took it to the sheriff. And the sheriff had received the same. This is, came right from Newsom's office. The sheriff took the same, got received the same letter. And Pastor Dave basically told him, he said, anybody that comes on our property, we're going to arrest. We have our security team ready. And uh, the apparently the sheriff kind of balked a little bit. He goes, well, don't arrest people coming from Sacramento and Pastor Dave said, we will, or you can do your job. And so the sheriff ended up posting three patrol cars outside of the church facility to intercept anybody coming in from the government to drive them away. That's awesome work right there. And then Antifa came in to one of the rallies. And as he described, they greeted Antifa and gave them a choice of having the most miserable day of their life or leaving, and Antifa decided it was better to leave. They're all a bunch of weenies. So, I mean, this is, this is what we're, we're talking about, strength in, in, in pastoring and the kind of the black robe model. This is it. You know, we've, we've, we're seeing a few of these now, and this is, this is like one of the pinnacles, like I've talked about, where they've really stood up, and they're really fighting, and they're standing with the community, and the community is standing with them. Most of the members of the church are ranchers. So their Saturday night service apparently is the largest. 
And then Sunday is a smaller congregation that comes in. But they're all hardworking, good Americans. It's a church. He's been there for 32 years. And he's built this whole thing up. And so I am going to share the story because it cracks me up. The story that he shared with me today and how that church started before he got there. And and I tell you this because we talked last night about engagement and the importance of engaging people and the importance of listening to Father and have him lead you to where you have to engage. So this is a great story in this. So this church was actually started by a guy who had been a leader of a commune that was, and he was a drug dealer and he was running a nudist colony where they had free sex going on all the time. That, that's the profile of the guy who started this church until he found Jesus. Now, this is what this, this story is as it was told to me today, and it, it's just awesome. So here we have this guy who's like totally on the outside, kind of hippie, like extreme hippie. And the guy that goes to see him, that's called to go see him, is the exact opposite. He, apparently, he's still at the church. He, wears a, he always wears a suit and a tie no matter where he is, no matter what the temperature is outside. So he went up and he drove like 50 miles to find this commune. And he got onto the commune in his suit and tie. And the, the dude that starts, ended up starting the church, this hippie guy, thinks he's a fed. So he, he's telling everybody, hide your drugs, hide your drugs. <laughs> this next part is just awesome. So the guy comes up and he says, I, he says, you know, he greets him, the hippie guy greets him. And he says, what can I do for you? And the guy from the church says, I'm here to talk to you about Jesus. And the hippie guy says, there's no Jesus here. He goes, no, I'm here to talk to you about Jesus Christ. And the hippie guy says, I'm telling you, there's no Jesus Christ here. So the guy says, from the church says, do you even know what I'm talking about? He says, I'm here to talk to you about Jesus Christ. And the guy says, look, man, I'm telling you, I know this community. I know everybody on the mountain. There is nobody named Jesus Christ here. And the guy from the church says, no, no, I'm not talking about a person like that. I'm talking about the son of God that was sacrificed for our sins. And the hippie guy says, are our sins like all of them? And he says, yes. He goes, I've got a lot of sins. I don't think that'll work for me. And the guy from the church says, no, he, if you accept him in your heart, all your sins are forgiven. He says, and, and this is like a, a, a lifetime, one, one time meets all for your lifetime deal. And he says, uh, well, he says, obviously it starts a relationship and you need to be walking with Jesus and you're, you're going to for, ask forgiveness when you stumble, but the idea is that you don't sin anymore. And the hippie guy says, well, I don't know if I can do that. He says, I, I sin a lot. He says, but I sure would be on board with getting a restart in my life for all the sins I've done. So the guy at the church says, now remember, you got hippie and Mr. Suit, right? This is like perfect epic picture of how God works. And the guy in the suit says, from the church says, well, can I pray with you? And, and let's pray to have you and, and see if we can bring you to Jesus. And as the story goes, now this guy, the hippie guy, could not say a word without a sentence without dropping an F-bomb like every other word. 
and they prayed. And as the word goes, Jesus just smacked him hard. And it was just like almost immediately he wasn't cussing anymore. He went through the process of accepting Christ. And then he went back to his commune and he says, all right, everybody, put your clothes on. No more random sex. Bring me all your drugs and I'm going to destroy them. We're following Jesus now. He lost about 60% of his congregation, but with that, they ended up starting this church, which is now known as Glad Tidings. So, and then they went through their process. That's later on, the church had some troubles and that's where Pastor Dave came in. And since then, Pastor Dave's been the pastor of the church since he took it over and has built it to what it is today. So, I mean, I, this is just yet another amazing story of how God works and God does work in amazing ways. And I, I talked last night, I mean, just the, the randomness of the story too, the importance of this engagement after we just talked about engagement last night, again, God's just kind of mapping this out. Our role in discipleship is to be active in the world. You know, one of the quotes that was given to me on this trip is if you want to see what the world looks like when we don't disciple, just look around. And it's so true. I mean, we're, we're into a really big crisis right now on the globe. There's no question about it. I mean, our good old boys of the CIA blew up the North Stream pipeline and they probably used a bunch of their retards in the special ops community that like to rub shoulders with the CIA. And they blew up the North Stream pipeline. Joe Biden said they were going to do it and they did it. So the only reason right now that we're not at war in a nuclear capacity of some capacity with Russia, quite frankly, I'm going to be honest, I think a lot of it's the fact that where Putin is now, where that nation is now, they're centered on a relationship with God. They're a Christian nation. And they're looking at the bigger picture of this and realizing what evil is out here. And they're holding, they're holding a temperate line as we kill their soldiers with weapons, as we send in mercenaries, some trained by Blackwater to go in and agencies running a war and killing Russian soldiers, as we blow up their pipeline. Because I truly believe that Putin, whether it's him or whether he's under good advisement, I do know we interviewed one of the people that knew him and he does have good counsel. They're holding this line on a much larger picture level, meaning a relationship in, with God and not jumping to the trigger happy craziness because he knows that what they're dealing with here is literally, and Putin's all but said it, that we're dealing with basically the evil of all evils and it's rooted in our country. And that's where we're going to start needing an incredible amount of outreach and starting to have to engage people like we talked about last night to really bring God into people's lives. Remember, there's a lot of people in this nation, thanks to this wretched government that we've had, where they have expunged God out of schools, they've expunged God out of the government. There's people out here that don't even have a, an understanding of what Father God is, let alone Jesus. And when for a lot of people, thanks to a, a fairly, what I would refer to as a fairly obnoxious door-knocking evangelism, thanks to a lot of people out here 
they don't have an even an appreciation for what Jesus is. You say, you know, the, the comment is like, have you accepted Christ? And a lot of people get really just they They start to get their back up. Now you may say, well, that's, that's just too bad. Well, it is too bad because the way that it has been approached with people and trying to just force evangelize people and the way that the approach has been has not been to build the intimate and loving relationship with Jesus. Instead, it's like, you know, the end of the world's coming, for example. You better accept Christ or it's all going to fall apart. So we have our work cut out for us, but it is so essential that we continue to build these bridges and to expand that relationship because there's a lot of people out here that are hungry. And I'm telling you this firsthand. I've now traveled this nation. So I've, I've gone from Oregon to Idaho to Utah to Wyoming, Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, Texas, Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, New York State, back to Nebraska, down to Missouri again, over to New Mexico, Arizona, up to California, and back to Oregon. And that was the six-week loop. And I've engaged with a ton of people. And I'm telling you, the hunger for Jesus is huge out there. But a lot of people don't know where to go or how to reach or what to do. And I'm not about forcing anybody. We have to lead them and point them to the trough. And from there, it's like you say, a horse, you can bring a horse to water, but they have they want to drink. The fact of the matter is they want to drink, but they don't even know how to find the trough. And that's our role. That's the engagement process. And with that, we're going to have to navigate through a lot of these landmines that have been culturally inappropriately programmed into people's psyche to res- to respond with with you know, almost a wince when you mention the name Jesus or Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus because they don't understand what that represents. So I, I guess the easy way to say this is that I was working, I was talking earlier today in, in this discussion with Brad Cummings, Pastor Brad Cummings, and we're having a discussion about the verbiage. And one of the things that's happened here that's really sad is that obviously we biblically we would say things like Christ is looking for a bride and we hear those things and there's a lot of negativity that comes with that because we have when a and this is particularly comes from men who have already been under attack with our LGBTQ nonsense and when you start when men start hearing the word marriage or intimate relationship a loving relationship it, it's sounding very effeminate to a lot of men so this is the way that I would word it for men it's we're trying to build this incredible passion to seek Jesus so I'd liken it to someone who has a passion for hunting because a true hunter doesn't go out and hunt just for the kill. They hunt for the experience of the hunt. And the extra boost is getting the kill. 
So if you look at that relationship as a man, it's the pursuit of Jesus like you pursue the hunt. And you can't, once you get hunting in your blood, it's like you live it, you dream it, you, you, all, you just can't wait to do it. Well, that's how we've got to revitalize that excitement for Jesus. To where instead of it's, it's not just going through the catalogs to get hunting equipment for the next season, like you're literally going through the Bible to empower yourself and give yourself the weapons of, and tools of the scripture. And then when you have those encounters with Jesus, and it's not an if, it's a when, as you're pursuing that, if you thought you loved Jesus, if you thought you were pursuing Jesus before, just like if you thought you were a hunter, once you get that kill, man, hunting passion goes up to like 10,000 times higher. And that's how that works with the relationship with Jesus. So we just, we just have to dig in now to relate to people in such a way to inspire that passion to seek Christ. Because it is, it's, it's this pursuit that we just can't put down. It's a constant pursuit in the seeking of that loving and powerful and intimate and walking, breathing relationship with Jesus. And when we can start getting our men empowered to this, oh my goodness, you talk about an army. It's right there. And that's where, like today with Pastor Dave, I mean, that's that, that passion that he has. It was, it's a passion to seek Christ. And we talked a lot about that. And you can see that in the works that he's doing. The works are real. They're not ideas thrown on a wall. It's not just concept. It is like they are literally digging in and the community's engaged with them and involved with them to build a church that gets its hands dirty to make sure that it's more like an ecclesia to where it is there as a resource for the community, not just for the word, but for the resources it needs to live in a world under God's rule, not under the fallen rule. And I'll tell you, to, to map out an entire six weeks and to have that, which, by the way, we like I said, we texted about twice over the last year. He asked me to come down last year after Bards Fest. Didn't know me, just had heard about me wanted me to come down and I was just too exhausted. So he tried again this year and I said, sure, I'll come down. And when he did, I mean, it, it was just, you know, I just synced. It was just awesome. It's like how God works, right? So in this time that we have such a craziness going on in our world and it is crazy, we have, we're being pushed to the brink. But I think there's, such a good lesson and a reminder in all of this is that none of it really matters because the one thing that's happening, it does matter, but not in the way of our fears. I think that's how I'd say it. The one thing to keep in mind is that right now on a global level, and this is almost, I would say it's impossible for us to fathom what's happening here. And it's one of the reasons that what we're seeing, we're seeing the world through the lens of headlines and chunks of news that we're assembling to build a story. But I don't think that that's an accurate portrayal of how God's seeing the world. Because right now across the globe, every person on this planet, every one of them, in one way or another, is having their true nature, their true heart revealed to them. 
they're having to face who they are. If it's a person who has succumbed to fear and the vax, they're now living in that space. I saw this is the epitome of insane I saw today. I think this ranks and I've all the stuff I've talked about and seen over the last two and a half years since we rolled into the COVID, COVID nonsense. I think this almost tops everything today. <laughs> and that's hard to do. I'm driving from Grants Pass to Roseburg and there's a, there's a lot of hills and right out of Grants Pass there's a pretty good hill that comes up and then it crests and it goes down quite a ways. And so just over that crest as you're going down on the opposite side there's a young woman I'm guessing she's 27 she's walking this is the freeway by the way. She's walking on the kind of emergency lane going up the hill. So she's, I'm going north. She's on the southbound and she's walking. She's carrying something in her hands. I'm looking to see if there's a car. There's no car for like the next five miles. So it wasn't, I don't know where she came from, but here's the best part of the whole thing. I'm saying it again. She's walking on the freeway on the, on the median or on the emergency side of the lane and she's wearing a mask. Oh my goodness. I don't even know where to go with that one other than Lord, please help her. I, I think that starts to rank, rank as one of the craziest. But this is my point is that everybody on the, on the earth right now is having to confront who they are and live into that. And so we're starting to see this true threshing floor results. The wheat and the tares is there now. And we can see it very clearly. God has brought the sword to the earth. And what we're witnessing across this is we're seeing those that are pursuing him, seeking him, getting their hands dirty, taking account in their life, taking responsibility for the way that we live and trying to build a world in closer to him away from this beast fallen system that we're in right now. And then we have those others that are just either meandering kind of in the middle, they don't really know what to do, and then you have these others that are just committed wholly to this hell system that they're in. But everybody is being revealed to themselves. And I, I see that truly as God's masterpiece and masterful work here because there's nothing anymore that's hidden. All has been brought to light. How that next step goes, I think there's a, a combination of things. I think some people will probably have you know, spiritual encounters that will lead them. But we have that obligation again to engage as many as we can to try to turn their eyes to Jesus. And I, I feel strongly about that. I think this is a very critical time for this. And those efforts that we do, just like with this church today, where they're literally feeding people, they're providing food resources, training resources, they're empowering people. They're not turning into a charity. We don't need charity. We don't need welfare programs. We need empowering programs where people take accountability in their lives and they start standing up to this because this system is going to continue to get uglier as it falls. It's going to get more vicious. Its teeth is, are going to come out. They're going to start snarling and, and trying to bite people. But I truly believe as we stand firmly on that rock of faith and firmly in that grip with Jesus, 
it's if you under if you know what a, a fire tent is, it's going to be very much like that, in my opinion. If a fire tent's what a fire fireman carries on the line, like a rough a rough shot crew or a hot shot crew that's out in the forest, and when that fire if that fire breaks the lines and it jumps, they have to take this take this little tent. It's a quick, really quick tent that they carry on their belt that they can pull over them, and it creates a fire break. So as the fire rolls over the top of them, they won't get burned. Now you might get you might you feel a lot of heat and your hair might get a little singed, but you're going to survive it. And a fire can literally just go burning right over the top of them when they're in these little shelters and they'll survive it. I think that that's where we really talk about the true sense of Ephesians and the armor of God. That is really where we are right now and the importance of as a daily basis, making sure that we're literally putting on our armor every day. And we're engaging this world and not sitting still, but reaching in, pushing into that to try to literally expand the kingdom as we do each day. And that relationship, that passionate, loving relationship that we're bringing to people that we carry with us with Jesus is just, it's going to show through. You don't have to, you don't have to proselytize it. I'll tell you right now, it shines through when you're having that type of relationship with Christ. It's there. And people see it, people feel it, people want it. And that in itself is enough to crack open some pretty dark hearts and lead some pretty powerful conversations for folks. So we're in a really amazing time. As crazy as this world is. And it, and it is, it's some serious crazy out here. I've met amazing people on this whole trip. Everybody I've met has been amazing. And like I said, this last couple days since, well, I guess since last week, last Thursday or last Wednesday or whatever, I just really have just drilled into just spending some focused time with Jesus on these, on this road trip and just really having those conversations with father God, having those conversations with Christ And it's, it's been powerful. There's so many things that have been revealed, and I've shared so many here. And it's, that's the relationship that I'm just going to encourage everybody to pursue, if, whether you have it or not. I'm just, if you have it, dig deeper. If you don't, just it's right there. Just ask God to lead you. But we need this. And we're going to need this as this gets a little crazier. Because if you imagine yourself standing on a, like a little rock, big enough for you to stand on and the whole world falls around around you you're still going to be standing on that rock and and here's the thing there's going to be a lot of shakeup that's going to happen we all know that the truths are almost every single thing we touch they have screwed up twisted and lied to us about there's very little out here that's much truth other than our relationship with christ and christ to the father that's truth And with that, the truth that comes through our scriptures. But everything else, it's pretty much been put in a blender and like they've added all sorts of nasty stuff like Jello instant mix and food coloring and all this other stuff. And it's just distorted everything intentionally. You know, the three things that they're pursuing right now, which is food, Control the food, control the people. 
Control the energy, control a nation, control the money, control the world. That's Henry Kissinger. Well, they're doing pretty well on a lot of those. And these same systems are falling apart as they're trying to keep control of people. They don't have their systems fully in place to transition us. So they're just going to get uglier. But I think as a, as a reminder, just like when our position is always to pursue that power through Christ. And just like Mike Lindell did when the FBI took his phone, he's preaching Jesus to them. God bless him. It was awesome. And that strength never allows them to get hold of us, ever. And we've got to come to some real clear lines. I think what was impressive about talking to Pastor Dave today is they drew hard red lines with this rally I mentioned. And those hard red lines were, here's the edge of our property, here's our no trespassing signs. You cross that as Antifa. You cross that as Gavin Newsom's cronies or thugs, we are literally going to put you on the ground, handcuff you, and hand you over to the sheriff. And if you get violent, we will defend ourselves. He made that explicitly clear to everybody. I love that attitude because it's not an attitude that's seeking a fight, but it's drawing such a hard red line to understand as this is our limit. You will not cross this. If you do, you will face justice and we will deliver. Those are the same kind of Concepts we've been talking about, and Brad Cummings and I talked about in the interview on Monday night. And it's the same headset that we have to continue to foster in ourselves to work through these scenarios to know what's going to happen. You know, I've said this many times, but our taxes are funding this war against us. Our taxes are paying for the bioweapon labs in the Ukraine. Our taxes are paying for the weapons that are going to Ukraine to kill Russians and being trafficked all over the world to do who knows what. Our taxes are paying for, are subsidizing abortion. Our taxes are paying for the bioweapons that are being injected in children and elderly and people across the world, keeping in mind that that patent is partly owned by the Department of Defense. Our taxes are funding the CIA and all of its nefarious crap that it's doing to us psychologically across this nation and running drug experiments and whatever else. Our taxes are paying for CRT, QT, and Common Core to be programmed into your kids' heads. That's your taxpayer dollars at work. I mean, let's get really real here. So what are we going to do? And when you start looking at this and you know that there's an evil and you're just going like, yeah, but I need to pay my taxes or... This is my opinion. I think I can back it up scripturally, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. When we know, well, I know I can back it up scripturally, but I'm just going to give it to you. When we know that there's a sin being done and we're going to comply and go along with the sin, I don't think we're any better than the sin. This is evil. This government is not a government of God. This is a government of Lucifer. So obedience to this government is obedience to Lucifer. This is That's why in the Declaration of Independence, it's, it makes it very clear that when there comes a point that the government becomes a despotic or despotism, it is our responsibility, it is our duty to throw off such form of government and reset that form of government for what is best in the will of the people. We're there. And that's biblical as well. 
So it's time to fire it up. I mean, literally, and, and taxes are a big one because compliance to tyranny only gets you more tyranny. It doesn't get you peace. And the deep state is, is moving pieces on the board right now like any war unit would. And look at New Zealand. They've now announced that there's no more requirements for vaxes or masks or social distancing. And people's, and I'm really just shaking my head at people who are like, oh, look at this, there's a victory. There's no victory there. They already accomplished their quota of injections and they've gotten what they needed. That's why they're backing down because rather than push people to the point of revolt, they're now going to give in knowing that they already won because they injected probably 90% of their population. That's the same stunt that Fochi pulled in the reservations across this nation, going there and fanning the fear of a viral weapon, a bioweapon, which the natives have already had firsthand experience, like blankets poisoned with smallpox. They understand it, and they have no trust of this white man's government, rightfully so. So how did they respond? Fochi walked them into his trap, which is sickening to me. Now, I don't have any fault given towards our Native Americans. I have 100% fault towards that little turd Fochi who knew what he was doing, fanned the flames of fear, talked about the need to have masks and vaxes. And so the reservations now still have a mask mandate in place for everyone. And they continue to push for the vaxes and the boosters. This is the type of sickening people we are dealing with right now. And this is where our prayers really have to be aggressive and on the offensive and our our engagement has to be powerful. We, we need to be focused when we're praying right now, not just like, you know, oh, Father, you know, help us. I mean, it's like, look, Father, we need you to help break the curse that sits upon the Native Americans. We need you to help tie Fochi's tongue around his neck and hang him with it. That'd be a nice one. I don't know if I'll put that in a prayer tonight, but I sure would like to. That'd be a pretty awesome scene, though, like, cut his neck open and drop. There's a trick to that. They call it a necktie. They cut the throat open and then they reach up and they pull the tongue out. <laughs> I wouldn't, I, I'm sorry, that's probably gross, but I get a giggle out of thinking Fochi with his tongue hanging down on his chest. That'd be kind of funny. So, I mean, this is, yeah, there it is. It's, and one of our great, great, uh, Dad's just noted it's the Colombian necktie. So thank you. That's awesome. I mean, seriously, I mean, this this is a war. And the problem is that most people haven't even got to the place of accepting that it's a war yet. And we're over here going, uh, yeah, it's a war. And it's not only that, but it's a spiritual war. And you better get right with Jesus. And people are, and we still have a bunch of people just like that hippie going, um, I don't know a Jesus. I don't know a Jesus Christ. He doesn't live in my community. It's like, no kidding, dude. He's supposed to be in your heart. So let's get busy. So an amazing trip, an amazing trip of insight, an amazing trip of walking with Father, an amazing trip to be able to share here. And many thanks to everyone for all the prayers. Thank you to everyone that I've had a chance to meet and be, spend time with. And just really have had an amazing opportunity, especially these last few days of just riding quiet and having these conversations with Jesus, which is, it's not common 
in, in my day because my days are pretty busy. But the last few days I've made that a focus. And so when we can, we should. And driving, obviously, I'm seeing a lot of the country. There's a lot of beautiful country. Was at South Lake Tahoe last night. And uh, South, South Lake Tahoe is, uh, it's kind of a crazy place, but the beauty around South Lake Tahoe is phenomenal. We used to go there when I was a kid to ski. We'd go every winter. And the roads are just as treacherous or just as narrow as then as they are now and super treacherous in the wintertime. It's, the, it's like a 5,000-foot climb to get to the summit and get into South Lake Tahoe Basin. And it's like 7,000, I think there's 7,335 feet when you crest on either side, whether it's the California side or the Nevada side. Got a chance to run a parallel on the edge of Death Valley. You see a lot of broken dreams out in these places. And you see some abandoned churches and you see a memory of a different time. And one of the things that really struck me, especially when it's, you're north of Vegas and south of, of Lake Tahoe, which is running along that edge right along Death Valley. And there's so many broken homes. I mean, I say that like abandoned homes and abandoned places. And then there's this occasional abandoned church. But I just had to, and it's old, they're old. And so you're kind of thinking back to like, man, that took some courage as a pastor just to go out and set up a church in the middle, literally of nowhere. I mean, this is like, at best, it'd be like little putt-putt cars and probably a lot, still a lot of horse and, and uh, wagon stuff. And that took some real courage. And so that's really the reminder of where we all have to get back to, is that sort of frontier spirit, frontier energy, to where we're fearless. We're, we're going to places that people often won't tread. And we're doing so because we know we can. We can because Father God is with us. Jesus is with us. And, you know, that's where we can do anything and we can conquer anything. And there's literally no stopping that storm. We can have all sorts of storms, the Q storm, whatever storm, I don't care. The real storm, that's us walking with Father God and Jesus bringing it to the world and holding and occupying this kingdom until Jesus returns, whenever that is, whether it's tomorrow or a thousand years from now, I'm telling you right now, our role doesn't stop and our job is busy and that evil needs to be crushed and we can do it. Patriots, let's pray. Hey, Jesus, I'm just going to start tonight by just thanking you for an amazing walk. Six weeks of just moving through this country. And Father God, you have just led this in such an amazing way, weaving together the most perfect map that I couldn't see until it's over. And a story and a map that has allowed you to shine through and to show and to be able to share those stories for so many to experience and to live with and to be with. So thank you, Father God. You've given us a very blessed community, community that assembles and comes together. 
And so with that tonight, Father God, I want to make a very special prayer because in our, there's a lot in our community that are in Florida. And so we need some prayers tonight, Father, for Florida. This is a really treacherous storm and likely a storm that was enhanced or even completely created by the hands of evil people. The magnitude and size of the storm is stunning and the ravaging that it's doing on that state is is, is dark and it will continue to be heavy. And it was even warned by this hand puppet Biden that they could be safe from hurricanes if they took the back. So we have a pretty good idea where all this is coming from. So Father God, we just we pray for a lot of strength in that state and as they move through these difficult days to stand more closely with you, to seek you as they have never sought you before. We pray for the leadership in that state to seek your guidance first, not anything else. And we pray for the many patriots that are Christian patriots that are around this nation to rally at the side of those that are going through this difficult time to make sure that we demonstrate to the world what it's like to be in a fellowship with Christ of how we will help our brother and our sister and how we will come together as one body to make sure that we all get through this together. This is an amazing opportunity, Father God. And after all that I've seen and you've shown and we've shared here of what this nation is, the fabric and the love and the pride of being American is as strong as ever. But the, the one missing piece is the fearlessness to stand as only one can stand when they accept Christ in their heart. And so this is... As a final note in tonight's prayer, we just pray that that strength, as it is needed in Florida, will spread across this nation to reinvigor that power of being what it is to be an American patriot that walks in a country, a Christian country, with you on the throne and what that means. Strength, fearlessness, and lack of obedience to anybody but you. So thank you, Father God, for all that you've given. Jesus, thank you for just the amazing journey that you've shared with me on this trip. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So for all of you in Florida, truly, prayers are up for you tonight. Um, This is a tough go. It's another sickening indication of the type of evil that we're confronted with right now, and it is truly dark. But we will get through this, and as a fellowship in the body of Christ, we will come together and stand as one and raise up each other as God raises each of us up in in turn. So Patriots, thank you for tuning in tonight. This is a late show. This is the only show for tonight. Uh, Programming will be back to normal tomorrow. But, um, and thank you for all the prayers as I've gone along this trip. They have made a difference. It's amazing. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. 
God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Pages, one last call out. Just a many, many thanks to our incredible mods and all the support that Duncan has provided on this trip. Without them and without Duncan, that it would have been a real uh, different experience. But thank you to all. It's, it's been amazing. And, uh, and then thank you all just for being here and being part of this. We have quite a thing growing here. It's significant and it is unique and it's powerful and it's a true fellowship that only God could bring together but which we can grow. So, I'll see you tomorrow for Bend and Knee. So until then or, next, or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion 
that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 